Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Jay Bird Watching. And uh, as everybody is predicting, we are going to do nothing on this episode to talk about Tom Brady and Tom Brady's football and Tom Brady everything and Tom Brady fun, fun, fun. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was, that was just me hashing up the SEO so we actually get some people to watch the show tonight. Tom Brady. <laughs> so, Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> this is the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. We are the official podcast of Jaystrill at fansite.com. We are here to talk Toronto Blue Jays baseball and what is eventually going to be spring training in the very coming weeks. Joining me as always, Ken Alfred, Jason Lyons. Fellas, how are we doing this morning in this Tom brady list show? <laughs> Tom Brady. No, we're doing doing well. It's a bit cold here and hopefully it'll start to warm up in the future. But uh, yeah, glad to, hear. glad to be here. Yeah, same for me. You know, uh, just rolling along. Uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Um Glad to see him gone, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, You're not the only one, my friend. As the guy has been, I, I'm, I'm a little, I was a little long in the tooth <laughs> with the whole Tampa Bay thing, but, you know, Tom Brady, I guess. Um, yeah. Now should we <laughs> talk baseball? Be- it might be a national holiday here in Buffalo, knowing that we won't have to see him again. Just saying. <laughs> and so anyways, also from Jade's journal this evening, Graham Wallace is here joining us to round out our quartet this evening. J- Graham, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, Psyched to be on with you guys. <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the obligatory uh, Tom Brady. There. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't help it. I had to be that guy. It was too funny to not touch. <laughs> so anyways, gentlemen, this evening we are going to talk Blue Jays baseball and what is coming with spring training. Um, Blue Jays fans that are listening to the show and watching us already. I see there's already some minions on the uh, YouTube feed here and whatnot. Please chime in. Make sure you throw those questions at us so we can answer as the group. Uh, but first things first, fellas. The Blue Jays actually signed somebody. <laughs> so it's a nice new little feature here that Chad Green is going to be ch- ditching his pinstripes for uh, Northern Blue here. And it's a little bit of an odd situation. But to that point, this is something that is a net gain for the Toronto Blue Jays. Graham, you are the guest on the show. So you get to talk Chad Green first. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was one of the more desirable free agent relievers that was left on the market. That's been, you know, pretty much stripped bare at this point. You know, the top 50, there's only a few uh, notable names left. Um, I think this is the type of guy, type of pitcher that the Blue Jays and their fans have really been looking for. High strikeout guy. He could pitch, you know, mid mid relief, but into the uh, more tight uh, type of ball games, late innings as well. Um, so this is really what's been lacking in their bullpen. And I think you combine him with, with an Eric Swanson who they picked, picked up back in November. And it's really hard to say that their bullpen isn't better uh, than it was last year. And it's definitely an area of the team that they uh, definitely needed to improve. Yeah. And I think it's looking vastly improved with those additions. Jason, go right ahead. I I agree. I mean, um, he's been a, he's been a really solid Yankee for a long time. Like he is probably the pitcher that's flown under the radar the most. Um, certainly in the American league. Um, he was always a tough, uh, you know, a tough, um, tough on the mound. He was tough on the Jays. <laughs> you know, it's nice to see him not, not hurting the Jays anymore. Um, but again, I mean, he's a, he's a two pitch pitcher. Um, he's coming back from Tommy Johns and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he, if he plays, it won't be till, you know, well into the season, but uh, if that if Tommy Johns is accurate for for Mr. Green as it has been for pretty much everyone else, then he should come back in the sort of mid 90s with a you know uh, uh, 87 to 90 mile an hour curveball, and and that's a very effective two pitch arsenal, uh, especially for what the Jays need him for. 
two-pitch arsenal that will be very key, as you mentioned, because this is a guy that has been perennially good, and he was actually doing pretty well. He got hurt last May and did need, did need Tommy John surgery in the midst of this whole thing. Um, they're basically calling this as, as a not-so-trade deadline move <laughs> because it, we've already made the move. He'd be possibly joining the team right there at that trade deadline area just after the All-Star game and running with the Blue Jays into the postseason. And that's assuming the rehab and everything goes well. But usually for bullpen arms, it does tend to go a little bit better. Ken, how important do you think that might be for the Blue Jays down the stretch? Well, we're definitely going to need him, like you said. If he's not coming in uh, right away, then okay. Especially from the Tommy John surgery. Did do we know exactly that they have a good estimate of when in the season we're actually going to be able to potentially use him? August. So he got hurt in yeah, May, he got hurt in so May. August. It's quote unquote a a year, so twelve months for the rehab okay. usually for so give or take a little bit. So they're being conservative and saying to Jason's point. August. <laughs> so we have Ryu that's coming in potentially June, July, and now we're going to have Chad Green coming in August. So, I mean, like you guys said, I agree with you. Like his stats seem to be very good. Like he seems to, it's true. He has fallen under the radar, but when you hear about these uh, strikeout pitchers and all that sort of stuff, and I think you said he's a two pitch guy, I think we definitely did. I wish he was left-handed because I know it <laughs> seems like our bullpen is very right-handed heavy at this point. So I think it's aside from that and maybe, able to, maybe if you want to start early, he can start throwing with his left arm. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Hey, so Billy Wagner could do it. Yeah, I don't know if anybody Giro. knows that story. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Wagner as a kid was a right-handed pitcher. He became, he's a He's going to be a hall of famer at some point. He's a left-handed pitcher. Just saying broke his arm as a kid. Wow. Couldn't throw. So he started doing it with his left hand. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so to that point, uh, the next piece of this whole fun thing is this wonderful contract construction. <laughs> how we actually get to keep Chad green for more than a few years. Um, Joshua awesome on Twitter. Actually, I think I laid this out kind of nice. So you get him for this 2023 after this season, let's say he doesn't even pitch because that is still, yes, we're paying him for this season, but that isn't a harsh reality of this whole thing with Chad green. Um, so if he, they decide the blue Jays decide to pick up the option, He's a blue Jay through 2026. So there's boom, bam, right? If they, if after the season, the blue Jays decline the team option, but Chad green says he'd like to stay. He's a blue Jay through 2024 at this rate that they're talking about. And then if you keep going down and forth here, it's okay. Team declines, Chad green declines. The blue Jays can decline the two year option. And he becomes the free agent next season <laughs> or they pick up I this other option, which is some weird to go and say, Hey, by the way, 2025. So the blue yeah. Jays locked up a guy that's probably going to be pretty good. It's just, when is he going to come back? Does anybody else want to make any sense? In this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that was what was so important about signing or to signing him to a two year deal. Um, I think ideally if he could come in and pitch for, you know, the stretch drive and pitch in the last couple of months, that'd be great. And then if he could be fully healthy for 2024 um, and then we can kind of decide what to do at that point, um, and kind of, kind of punt it onto the next season. Um, but and that that's where that the rolling part kicks in. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, the other thing is they, they decided to um, let go of Matt Gage uh, to make room on the 40 man who is a, a left-handed reliever. So it just, it was already a bit of a, a, a lack of depth there. Um, and that's even more of a, of a lack of depth now, although there is still some guys that fit that bill of being a left-handed reliever that are still available on the open market. Yeah. And, and to me, that's something that they're hoping they're going to get a full bounce back from Tim Mesa to be that guy. Right. So you get Tim Mesa back clicking like we was the year prior and he's back and being the main lefty. They did lose some other guys too. Cause I thought that Taylor Saucedo was going to be one of those guys. And now he's funny enough joining all the other ex blue Jays playing in Seattle. <laughs> At least that's what um, but to that point, I think, Graham, what they're going to end up doing is they're going to have to find some way to get that other lefty arm. If Tim Mesa does struggle this spring and whatever that next piece is, they might be trading for whatever that other part is. And some team would, for some lefties, will take a flyer on a couple of minor leaguers. It's not going to be somebody crazy good left-handed, but maybe it's somebody that'd be salvageable to be that, that left-handed arm you need in this bullpen. So who knows? 
Yeah. I mean, if they do decide they're already around that that competitive balance tax threshold, if they want to try to spend a bit more money, you know, you still got Andrew Chafin out there, uh, Matt Moore. Uh, there, yep. There's other left-handed arms available as well. So it, there's definitely some options. I think I actually had that number of what somebody was estimating with the fan graphs data and the sports track data that they're somewhere in the ballpark of still somehow like five, ten million dollars still underneath that collective bargaining thing. So like you said, yeah. like within one player, <laughs> at least one good signing, anyways. But yeah, getting close to that threshold to having to pay the luxury tax this coming season. So yeah. Is anybody else have anything they'd like to add on Chad Green before we talk spring training and the wonderful preview fun that we have going on? All right, so nope. what do you guys predict? How do you think he'll actually perform? I don't think he's going to miss a beat, personally, just because of how good he's yeah. been doing. Yeah. Because Graham, you look like you had something guy. turning. Yeah, he, oh, he's a just, strong you know, guy. He, he's, he's really performed, really, throughout his career. Um, he had a bit of an uptick in his ERA in, in 2019, but he's usually between uh, you know two two and three or, or low threes. Um, so I think he'll be right in there. Uh He's always in the double digits strikeouts per nine innings, usually you know around eleven or twelve uh, per nine innings. So I don't expect any drop off from that, uh, especially if you know, everything goes well with uh, the TJ surgery there. Yeah, Jason, do you have something you want to add? <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say that he's always been a really strong guy. Uh, like he's been very rarely hurt in his career, and when he has been, he's come back really quickly. Um, he's one of those guys that that does you know does his gym work, does his body work, takes care of himself. Um, And so I think, like you guys were saying, I feel like he's going to come back strong. He kind of reminds me of Verlander when Verlander was getting his Tommy Johns, um, you know, went in in good shape. He's going to come out in good shape and he'll come out with a bit of a chip on his shoulder as they always seem to. And that's a benefit to the Jays because, you know, angry pitching is good pitching as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) <laughs> we've definitely seen that as far as some of blue jays recently too right <laughs> that to me it's some like watching romano come out of the bullpen if he's got that like you know the ah the, the rex or thunder running out of the bullpen and it's a save opportunity you see it on his face yeah that early inning where he comes in just to get his work in yeah <laughs> <tosses> it in. <laughs> so well, he's usually not as but, effective uh in non-safe situations either right yeah, we've seen that from Blue Jays closers over the years pretty consistently. I can even remember going back to Billy Koch when he was still a Blue Jay to seeing <laughs> I remember him, him yeah. having those same problems. I love watching Billy Koch. I was really honestly kind of pissed we watched him go to the Oakland A's there. But to that point, he got a chance to pitch in some very competitive games in the Moneyball era. He's in yep. the movie, just saying. <laughs> Billy Koch is in the movie? And the funny thing is, yeah, Billy Koch is in that movie. And funny enough, so is Ross Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be that guy, but so I, I do think that that's going to work. And I actually did find the number that Thomas hall, who's a baseball writer as well. Um, saying that the blue Jays are currently estimated after this deal to be at $245.5 million, which is $7.5 million and under the second luxury tax. So they're over the, first level <laughs> so that was where i was wrong <laughs> so they are already in the luxury tax for next season but they could get dinged as they keep getting further into that whole situation just spend so. it just especially if you want to try to make it further in the playoffs might as well right don't doesn't rogers have cohen money anyway yeah that's <laughs> <Steve> cohen money yeah. <laughs> I was reading earlier that Steve Cohen's making Shohei Itani a priority for next off season already. So just saying, cause he hasn't thrown enough money yeah. at the, uh, <laughs> at the Mets already. <laughs> like does anyone have Cohen money? Like this off season. I don't think he really has the, Cohen money. Mets. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that outfield. They already got all those other pieces with Correa and Lindor. Oh no, they didn't. Sorry. I I'm still thinking that, you know, Correa landed on one of those first three teams before he reverted back to the twins. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) too many headaches. So, but to that, that's a crazy lineup. And you're talking to what they've been saying, some ridiculous numbers for what Otani gets, because he's a plus pitcher and a crazy hitter. So that's going to be easily majorly record money by the time you talk about it. So 
Do you yeah. think there's a, actually a chance we could actually sign him when he's when he's when he's right like when he no. he's available to it? Not a chance. <laughs> I would make the argument that you could make that back in advertising money if you bring well, somebody yeah. like Otani to Toronto. That's He's gonna, gonna put be butts in the seat. It's gonna sell everything because Toronto's such a melting pot of cultures, too. Right. Yeah, so true. you're gonna get everybody jumping on the Otani bandwagon when he if he came to Toronto. So <laughs> I'd make the argument that that would be a, a wash at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I could, but we'll more money. <laughs> I don't. I think Toronto's culture gives them a chance, like a a chance, not like a yeah. big chance, little chance, but, but a chance. You know, correct. A lot of people are interested in Toronto. There's a lot of different cultures going on, like you alluded to, Craig, and um, we'll bring that that media c- coverage uh, to, that uh, that yeah. would be so interested in every everything he does. So I'm not saying a big <laughs> chance, but I'm saying there's like there's a chance. <laughs> Kind of about as good of a chance we had when he signed in with the Oakland or angels anyways. Right. <laughs> Cause they were sure. quote unquote <laughs> in the conversation, just like with you Darvish and Hideki Arabu, who thank God didn't sign with <laughs> and draw Chapman, all these international <laughs> people that are allegedly blue Jays for five seconds. So, but to that point, um, I'm just going to talk blue or Toronto and blue Jay culture here for a second. Did you hear who most recently in the last week was praising the whole city of Toronto and the Blue Jays organization, new Blue Jay. Oh, uh, there's, there's your hint. There it is. Brandon Belt. He's had nothing but good okay. things to say. I mean, since the chicken fingers onwards, he's been nothing but <laughs> but sunshine and rainbows about Toronto. And he's talking about, you know, how they might have the best team in the whole league. And I, I mean, he's just been, he's captain unicorns, man. He's just, yeah. <laughs> and most players that are playing on a one-year contract don't pick their whole family up and move, which is what I heard he might be doing as well. So keyword heard, I don't know, but that's usually not a typical thing that they pick up the family and move for a single season contract kind of thing. So that's usually like, you know, Gosman signs. Okay. Well, that makes sense. He's going to be here forever. So <laughs> go, go where dad is. Right. But well, hopefully um, to that to point, the, uh, he's been very interesting, very interesting. So just wanted to be that person that said that because we started going down that avenue. So now that we go to the other avenue, why don't we talk some, you know, new seasonal fun here that we're going to be having in the next few weeks because the Toronto Blue Jays are getting ready to get everything down, including players into the Dedean training facility, which it sounds like there's already a good group of people already down there um it sounds like jose barrios is already reported there's a like i said there's a good chunk of blue jays players that are already possibly in camp unofficially <laughs> but to that point um pitchers and catchers are going to report on the 14th and then i believe it's the 22nd that they have their first full squad uh, workout and then the first games are literally that following weekend yeah. so we're this close to baseball being back everybody so we have to start talking spring Yay. training and i also have to hurry up and finish my article about <laughs> if you're visiting dunedin <laughs> for the jay's journal because it's gonna be my comeback article uh for a redo that i did a million years ago <laughs> so i have updates because i've been there again recently <laughs> so but to that point gentlemen nice. um we do have things to talk about as far as spring training goes. And let's talk first things is there was a nice list of spring training, non-roster invitees that I emailed all of you this morning from our friends at Jay's journal. And I forget who wrote it. I think it was Eric Troyden actually that wrote it because uh, it's covered up on my screen, so I can't see it. <laughs> so, uh, But to that point, there's a lot of young talent that is going to be coming to the Toronto Blue Jays camp, including top prospect Ricky Tiedman. Um, I know the two gentlemen in this conversation know very well that that was my single-handed, bold spring training prediction that he was going to storm into camp and steal a job for that fifth spot. <laughs> How excited wow. are you guys to see Ricky Tiedman this spring. Well, can I, can I go first? Okay. I'm super <laughs> excited about Tiedman. Um, I love the guy I've been doing. I've been looking into him. I've been doing a lot of, 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 you know, reading on him as a player, as a, as a, a person. And, and I'm excited <laughs> for him to be in camp. The other guy I'm really excited about that's on this list is Zach Britton. Um, Zach is a player that we watched here. Outfielder. In Vancouver. 
Yeah, it's outfielder <laughs> Zach Brett. <laughs> yes. Well, it's really that that whole Twitter thing's been really funny with Zach Breton and Zach Breton. It's really quite funny. Anyway, it's very amusing. We, we watched Zach this year in Vancouver uh, at the start of the year, um, and he, then he moved on. I don't, I don't even know if he played ten games and then moved on. Um, really nice guy. Super nice to all the kids. Um, you know, he's a he's a smasher. He loves to hit the ball hard. He hits it all over the field. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited to see a guy like like Zach Britton, um, you know, get his chance. Um, I hope I hope he's I hope he's got a good camp in him because uh, he, he's he's a pretty he's a pretty good dude. And he's he's a real Swiss Army knife, not uh, not, you know, indifferent to to Whit Merrifield or he's a guy who can play everywhere. Doesn't have a doesn't have to play the outfield. He doesn't he can catch. He can play two. He can do all kinds of stuff. And I, to that point, Britain has been, I've been, I've only heard good things about him. I wish I'd been able to, to your point, Jason, seen more of him. That's why you, we got you on this show. You have our Vancouver connection now on that yep. side of the yep. <laughs> country. So we get to have some, you know, wonderful leads on here or what's going on at the net. So, um, some other guys on this list are also very intriguing. I've actually had the pleasure of seeing Bowden Francis many times. And I keep wondering when he's going to take that next step. <laughs> Is this maybe finally the spring that he puts it together and can be a good reliever as far as depth goes for this team and maybe surprise a few people? I don't know. But to that I think point, so. he's following a lot of the same guys that we've seen all of a sudden wearing Blue Jay Blue all day, every day, because it feels eerily similar, his career path to where, where we were talking about Tim Mesa a few minutes ago. Yeah. Right-handed, though. <laughs> But, so, so guys, how many players do they actually invite to spring training? I think it's on the 40 is the final team, right? Is it 40? The 40 man roster is the final one. Correct. But in the midst of that, um, Ken, they're allowed to invite anybody they want to spring training. Oh, so there's not like a, a general number. So they could invite a hundred if they really wanted to. Yeah. That's yeah. last year when I went to spring training down in, um, in, in Arizona, while we were there, uh, Kevin Pillar literally signed he was, st- we could see him standing in, we could see him standing in a building with, with a representative from the white Sox and a representative from the Dodgers. And they were talking and he had his phone like this and he was like, and you could see him. And then he, he signed something. He reached over and grabbed a blue Dodgers bag, a Jersey shook hands and ran out onto the field. And I'm not kidding you. We watched that happen. And everyone was like, Oh, that's Kevin Plar. And he just ran out, yeah. ran out to the field. Yeah. Like it was nothing. That's cool. Yeah. And that's a very sneaky Kevin Pillar type move to that point too. So um, there was another weird story with Kevin Millar of former yes. Blue Jay fame that he uh, signed a game where they were playing his old college with, I want to say it might've been the Baltimore Orioles were playing his college as a spring tune-up kind of like game. Right. And Kevin, Kevin Millar comes out and hits a home run. <laughs> for the for the college kids <laughs> against the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. So that was pretty fun. Uh, but as far as that goes, Ken, like I said, this list is the ones they're officially looking at for possibly being potential roster fillers. The hmm. rest of this is they actually have the minor league baseball camp going on at the same time as all of this stuff. So a lot of times at the end of the spring training games, you just get, here come the kids. <laughs> So, and it's fun to watch because you see what's a little bit filling out some of the farm system. This is where you might see like the Desan Browns who have great potential, but are that much further down in the system at this point. And some of those guys that are probably going to be good major league baseball players, but are not quite in that ballpark yet of being potentially looked at to fill out the major league roster. So Benio, do you don't think is not invited as well? Like he's still, he's still too young, right? Now he's going to be playing in the Dominican summer league probably for the next couple of years. Cause I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was he just turning 17? Yeah. He's 16 now. I think. Oh, I think it was like, maybe this week is when he turned 17. <laughs> it was something <laughs> like that. It was really close. that it was like that. But a lot of those international guys that sign don't show up in these kind of camps for a couple of years. Till they're usually around 18, 19. <laughs> they can p- continue yeah. to play in those rookie leagues. So, but every once in a while, you do get a surprise. We got to see Vlad Jr. a few years ago in Montreal when he was not even quote unquote ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, just saying. So, you never yeah. know who they're going to bring. Well, our good friend Eric just mentioned that it looks like the spring, spring training rosters max out at 60. So, okay. That's what I was kind of curious about. 
there you go. So thank you, Eric, for, you know, pointing us back in the direction here. So, but yeah, that is very, I, I didn't know where the line was on that whole thing with the Meyer leaguers either, because like I said, you see just at the end of the game, it turns into a Meyer league baseball team with both teams in a spring training game. So I didn't know if those were guys that were actually non-roster invitees or it's just the Meyer league camps jumping in. So, but is there anybody else on this list that anybody would like to chit chat about? Well, I just kind of want to jump on to what uh, I, th- I think it was Jason talking about before. So, so might have been Craig. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm paying oh, attention. Good. I swear. Um, uh, <laughs> Francis, it's, it's kind of a, uh, okay. I'm going to, hopefully I'll try to pass it. Uh, Francis, I think it's a really big year for him because uh, he's not as young as some of these other guys. I believe he's 25. Um, he had a mm-hmm. really impressive performance in, in uh, some winter leagues. Um, and I, I just kind of think it's, it, I don't want to say now or never, um, but it, it's, it's kind of getting towards that area. And uh, you know, you think about, he was one of the, I believe we, he came along in the uh, Adam Simber trade, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or was that, I, I get the two trades mixed up him and, and uh, Trevor him. Richards. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he came uh, along in a trade anyways, it, it doesn't matter, but um it's kind of the time's ticking for him. And the, the other guys hated younger. Um, you know, they, they're kind of grooming this guy as a multi-inning reliever kind of versatile uh, type of pitcher, which could really fill a valuable role uh, for this team. So uh, th- those are kind of the two guys that jump out at me. Obviously I'm pumped to see Tiedemann. It's the first real look at him besides, you know, studying some videos and, and reading some articles about him. Uh, but he just seems like an absolute horse and uh, just electrifying on the mound. So uh, if he makes the team, I think that's, that's a bonus. That's amazing. Uh, I, that's not really what I'm expecting. I, I kind of think 2024 could be his year, but um, really pumped to get an up close look at him for sure. See, Graham, I'm sitting in the seat like you are normally on this whole thing. And then Alec Manoa wrecked my whole perception of everything. <laughs> and so to that point, I he's following yeah. a very similar path to Alec Manoa to the majors and just trucking through everybody on the minor league level. And we did get to see him all the way up in AAA for one start last year, and it was pretty impressive. So we'll see. But to that point, um, Eric, by the way, beat me to the punch by like 0.2 seconds as I had Bone Francis's number up here <laughs> on the, the internet. He was in the rowdy trade when we got uh, Trevor Richards. He was the other throw in. Right. So, yeah, I get that mixed with the Simber trade, which was an absolute <laughs> steal. I, I believe Joe Panic was involved in that as well. Just the fact that we flipped Joe Panic for anybody is impressive enough yeah. <laughs> <I'm> getting <simber. laughs> and no and joe panic mind you i loved watching joe panic when he was wearing the giants uniform but by the time he got to be the blue jays it was just like okay great you, you're here <laughs> somebody else could be here <laughs> so yeah anyways anybody have anything else they want to add on the rookies before we start talking position battles this spring <laughs> At this point, let's see. Let's, let's see the charts. Let's see. Uh, All right, a lot of depth. So here. the the Blue Jays do have a lot of depth to Ken's point. And where do they go from here? There are some battles that are going to be definitely full on battlefields. Second base right now, guys, is way too log jammed up, and I don't think anybody truly has the lead except for what Win Merrifield did at the end of the season. But you have Santiago Espinal. Craig, uh, Kevin Biggio. Yeah. I almost went to his dad there for a second, <laughs> but <laughs> he might um, make the 60 and, man. Yeah. They might make the 60. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then to that point, even if you want to get down to that next level too, Otto Lopez is no slouch and has been waiting for something really to click at the triple a level. Maybe he finally comes into being a gamer this spring and looking like the guy he should be in that out in there or something like that too. So at the second base position, there is a lot going on. So, um, Jason, let's start with you to run with this one. The first, do you think this is with Maryfield's job to lose at this point? Or do you think Santiago Espinal maybe has the edge on him? I, I feel like it's wits to lose. I feel like the Jays have invested in, in wit. Um, I feel like, um, they, they at the start of the year, you're going to, you're going to see Espinal and wit battle. They're, they're going to be in one game out another. And when one's hot, they're going to ride him. And when one isn't, they're going to sit him. I mean, Espinal and Merrifield can give you a decent amount of action at the, at the dish. Um, they're both very sound defensively. 
Witt has an upside. I mean, Espinal can play the outfield. The outfield in the majors for guys that are that athletic isn't hard. You can put them out there. They'll run down balls. They'll catch balls. I mean, look at Kiermaier. First base is incredibly hard. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Kiermaier can still do it, and he's old and sucks. Um, But, you know, it's. I think that, that... you know, I would like to see Espinal there and I'd like them to be able to use wit as, as, you know, as a Swiss army knife and putting him everywhere. But I also deep down as a guy who likes baseball guys, I really like Whit Merrifield and <laughs> I, I would really like him to, to see him play a full season where he can get his bat going. He can get his wheels going. Like, you know, he could steal you 20 bases without even trying. And yeah. You know, he's in there. If he's in there every day, he's going to be an effective player for the Jays. If he's not, I worry that he won't, you know, he just, he won't have a story this year. And then again, it's another wasted year for him. Yeah. And Jay, uh, Graham, do you want to run with your uh, thoughts on that whole second base battle? Do you have anything different than what Jason was saying? <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what he said. Um, you know, Espinal came out of the gates firing last year. He showed off a new physique. Uh, he was hitting the ball really hard, and he was hitting a lot of home runs, or not a lot of home runs, but a lot of doubles and, and gappers and a few home runs here and there. And I think he kind of ran out of gas as the season ran on. Um, he did suffer a couple of injuries as well. Uh, so I kind of think, you know, around 400 at-bats might be the sweet spot for him. I, I, I st- still think he's going to get his fair share of time. He could play at shortstop as well if they want to give Bo a rest uh, now and then. Um, uh, but I, I kind of think Wit is like the, the clubhouse leader. I know that's more of a, a golf term, but he was just red hot over the last two weeks of the season, a big part of the reason why they were able to get into the playoffs. Cavan uh, yeah. can play a little first base and, and, and some right field. Um, and he, he's been around 80 games the last couple seasons. So he's kind of settled into that super utility role. Um, I don't want to see him at third base too much, but Espinal can play third base as well. So I don't think it's it, it's a good problem to have to have three capable guys man that position and and they'll just figure it out and you know they'll roll with the hot hand or the or the hot bat if you will. Yeah, I like the options that they do have between Espinal and Merrifield, and I'm just trying to look at the depth chart here for the Jays and like Biggio's on almost every single position. The only thing I don't see him is a catcher, you know, and maybe and his pitcher. dad caught his dad yes, started major league that, baseball that, as a catcher, <laughs> you know. So I think yeah. that, like I said, it's a good problem. I I, I see it that they're going to keep swapping the two every so often. Like Espinal yeah. and, and Merrifield. I think those are the two main ones. I know there's like Otto Lopez. I think he's still fairly young. I think he has very few games. So maybe we'll bring him up once in a while, but I don't see him being like the starter. And, you know, when in doubt, go with Vigio. Yeah, <laughs> you know? There it is. That's basically where we're at right now. Ripcord, pull. <laughs> You're all set. You got your parachute <laughs> yeah. of putting Vigio in wherever you need to. But do you um, want that to be your reputation, though, if you're a player? Like, do you want to be known as a Swiss Army knife where you're not like, specialize in a certain position, but you know, it's almost like, uh, just throw them in anywhere. Like, I don't know. Do you want that type of reputation? I think I mean, Ben's over pulled it off really well. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> yeah, Chris Taylor. Sorry. I mean, there's yeah, guys I mean, who... If you do it well, then sure. Sorry. 
and you become very valuable. Like, I mean, that's one of the things is, is if, if they know that you're willing to go in and play any position and you're not going to bitch about it, you're not going to say anything about it. You're just going to go and you'll do a good job. I mean, you can effectively as a, have a extend your career five, six, seven years just by them saying, well, he can play right. And two, so let's pick him up and we'll drag him along for another two years. Cause he still hits one eighty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's guys like that that hang around and hang around and you're like, Oh, that guy's still playing. And you're like, I never saw him play, you know, third base before. And Joe and, panic. Yeah. Joe panic. Um, <laughs> there's lots of guys like that. And yeah, you, it, it, I think it also, it, it also endears you to your team as well. Like, when they, they look and, and, you know, the second baseman's hurt and the manager looks down and goes, you know, you're going to two today. You're good to go. And you're like, yep. And everyone's like, oh, okay, well, we're not worried about that. Right. No, There's another cool. part that um, nobody's really talking about for this spring training that I think could play into it. Somebody like Kevin Biggio's hands a little bit more prevalent this spring. They haven't announced the new rules for what the quote unquote, no shifting rules are yet. I was about to ask about that. Yeah. The shift rule that hasn't been determined yeah. yet. So I just I remember last a few episodes ago we were saying that they were kind of either getting rid of the shift for the season or were they just going to be heavily re- reduced the shift heavily reduced to the point where you're you're only allowed to be anch- you're basically you're anchored at whatever point in the outfield is your position it's and you're allowed to go so many feet toward the other position or something is the rumors, but they haven't come out and said anything on this rule yet. And for somebody like Bishio, that's a solid pull hitter. And maybe the thing that's been hurting him the last few years is this, Oh, trying to put the ball the other way. You know, we saw him do it a couple of times in key moments when he just, you know, more or less just knocks it the other way as a swinging bunt or actually bunting it. (laughs) But he's, throughout the minor leagues, watching him play minor league baseball, like I did where he was playing in New Hampshire and triple a all the time, he was hitting the ball damn hard. And it was because he was pulling the ball and getting that nice kind of like Johnny Olerud uppercut going through it. So if that all of a sudden lets him hit maybe his bat brings him back into the forefront where he starts getting some more at bats, but that's the biggest wild card in this whole thing is I think out of all the guys on the blue Jays roster outside of maybe Dalton Varsho, <laughs> the shift, helps Kevin Biggio immensely with that rule being, you know, taken back to school and no and baseball normals of having real positions. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Other fun that we didn't really talk about here. There's still this wonderful wild card of a guy named Aurelis Martinez that plays just enough second base. So I'm assuming he'll play more short and third base this spring, but Another guy that could be on this bench that hit the most home runs as a New Hampshire Fisher cat in double A funny enough, beating out cabin Biggio (laughs) for that record. Leave Biggio alone guys. Just saying. Biggio. I'm going to call it now. He's going to have a breakout season sometime. Sometime. I'm not going to say which year sometime. I mean, it already happened. 2019, he was yeah. arguably the Blue Jays' best player. He hit 16 yeah. home runs, and he, and he beat you know, all the guys. He was up. named MVP in multiple articles. I mean, they were not a good team that year. Um, yeah. But I mean, Martinez. Sorry, going back to that, Craig. I think he's a really interesting guy because this guy hit 30 bombs last year in Double A. His batting average was scarcely above 200, though. A lot of strikeouts there. And we saw him, like a huge drop for him, 38 uh, on the top 100 prospects list last year, uh, (laughs) not even in the top 100 at all. So a drop off of over 60 spots. You know, I know that, you know, these are MLB.com experts or whatever. They Mm -hmm. they may not know it all, but um, I think it's a really big year in his development. to you know, see how close he could get to the majors because he's got some real power. I don't know if he could stay at shortstop if he's more of a uh, candidate for. Third he has base, a cannon but... for an arm, and that's why I think yeah. he ends up at third base. But who knows? <laughs> he's one to watch for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. So, is there anybody else that that position battle anybody wants to chit chat about? Well, it seems like we have a very strong. You know, looks like the starters we know for sure. Vlad's going to be first. We know that uh, Shyman's going to be third. Bichette's going to be short, right? So I'm like, I'm just trying Infield's to think. Infield's pretty anything? solid. Yeah, Second base is the one limbo, and it's because of the yeah. ridiculous plethora of 
riches you have there, I guess would be the best way of saying it. Um, you need somebody to stand out in that crowd. And I think, I think everybody in this group is probably, you know, correct with the fact that that Whit Merrifield is probably going to be the one that rises to the tops. So I think he's got a little bit of a renewed fire after getting into the playoffs for the first time last year with the Toronto Blue Jays. And I think he's, uh, we were talking about chips on your shoulder <laughs> with Chad Green earlier. I think he's got that one that he really wants to, you know, accentuate that moat that that note and run into the playoffs and continue doing what you got a tease of last season. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah. once you get a taste of that postseason, it's 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 very addicting. It very, very much is. And so to that point, let's talk the other position player. Uh, question mark that is currently on the Toronto Blue Jays uh, list. They have three outfielders that we're solid with. <laughs> Kevin Kiermeyer, George Springer, Dalton Varsho are going to be in some fashion in the Toronto Blue Jays outfield pretty much every day. The fourth outfielder is right now to what Ken had pointed out, more or less insert Kevin Biggio wherever. <laughs> and uh, everywhere. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of Santiago Espinal and so on and maybe so forth. Field too, right? I think they have him listed as potential outfielder as well, right? So and we saw him play center he's field last year. Hundreds of games in the outfield throughout his career. Yeah. So he's capable of more right field, but definitely capable of going out there as well. The question would be level of confidence with those guys trucking out there as your quote unquote fourth outfielder. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's some options in the Blue Jays uh minor leagues. A recent pickup that they made that we would like to discuss is where this would be what I would call the fourth outfield spot battleground. Because I do think that regardless of everything goes, uh Biggio and Espinal are on this team. And they're gonna be like we were talking about the super utility guys behind Whit Merrifield to spell Bobachette an outfielder, whatever it might be, and whatever concoction you want to possibly think of. But Graham, you had mentioned a gentleman the Blue Jays just uh, picked up recently in an article that um, I am going to let you just, you know, plead the case for the fourth outfielder spot with him. Because <laughs> nobody's talking you know, about I've been doing. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking uh, and, and kind of pulling for Whit, uh, Winton Bernard, uh, 32-year-old rookie. Uh, he made his debut last year with Colorado. He only got into a handful of games, uh, 42 at-bats, 12 hits. Uh, this guy's got some speed. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the call to his mom when he got the call up to the show. Very emotional moment. Uh, it's really hard mm-hmm. not to pull for a guy like that. Ten years in the minor leagues. Uh, you know this guy's hungry uh, as as he's starving uh, uh, to get a shot a real starving shot, at, 32. Uh, at, at the majors. And Hey, there's no reason why he can't be a guy like Steve Pierce. Uh, he can't, he made his major league debut uh, in the thirties uh, in his thirties. And, you know, yep. he, he was able to make a big impact. He was even a, a world series MVP. Somebody check on Jason. <laughs> uh, so you know, he's a guy who I, I think it's really have have Kevin a, Biggio on a, the show. Everybody. A big camp. <laughs> I, there's a couple other options for them. Uh, you know, Nathan Lukes is, is another older guy in their minor league system. I think he's 28 years old, but uh, he's a guy who could get a real shot too. But um, it's really surprising for them not to have brought in a veteran to kind of play that uh, Rymel Tapia role that we saw last year, a fourth outfielder, maybe with some speed, a little bit of pop um, and, and a good team guy. I, I think Bernard could fill that role, but obviously he's got his, his work cut out for him. They're not going to just uh, hand him the job by any means. Um, you brought up another interesting candidate with Nathan Lukes. I watched this kid play for Buffalo last season in the Meyer leagues. And I'm amazed that his bat has not gotten him into the major leagues in the last few years. He has crazy good bat to ball skills and be, and plays a pretty sneaky, good outfield too. Um, he's definitely figured something out in his last two, like hundred 80, 200 something games at the AAA level between funny enough being in the Tampa Bay's or organization playing with the Durham, the Durham bulls. And now with Buffalo last season. So pretty cool stuff. He had 285 last year with 11 home runs and 61 RBIs. And was really the main driving force in that middle of lineup for the Buffalo Bisons who had a sneaky good team last year. So I think it'd be interesting also- to see. I think this also illustrates just how really, really hard it is to make the majors. Um, you know, like you, you, we look up and down lineups and, and you, you know, like, I mean, the Jays, I don't know if they have the most, certainly the most, you know, incredible talent at, at every level, but 
you know, when you see some of these teams and the kids that can't crack their lineups and you're just like, how, like it, it huh? can't be personality. It can't be drive. It can't be any of these things. And then you look at some of the tanks that continue to play baseball for five, six, seven years longer than they should. And it's like, I feel so bad for them sometimes because if you're coming up as a first baseman and you're, you're in the Jays organization, pick a new position. I mean, what else Spencer Horowitz, he looks amazing. He, he's not going anywhere at first base. The Blue Jays got to trade him. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's makes it so hard. And then, you, you know, you hope like a team like Baltimore, that's sort of taken a lot of those castaways and, and guys, you know, guys, people didn't want, and they've let yeah. them, them blossom and play. And I mean, there's something to be said for a team that's that fun to watch. And, and, you know, every single one of them's going for it. And, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping that the Jays take some chances this year. I always like it when they take chances, but the, I mean, you very rarely strike out with a, with a kid who's really hungry to play. They figure it out. Um, So I think that, that it's great that, that baseball and the Jays and I mean, every team have, have, you know, these, this explosive amount of riches, um, you know, certainly at their first farm team level, but um you know, it's, it, it'd be nice to see somebody rock things up in the outfield or, you know, backing up a shed or uh, just anything, just something fun. Yeah. I'm pulling for Nathan Luke's this spring and I really hope he gets a chance, but to that point, I will not be a very upset if Bernard gets a shot. <laughs> He's got some really cool tools as far as that extra defensive outfielder as well, which is very cool. He made some highlight level catches for the Colorado Rockies last season. And like, yeah. Graham said, not a very big sample size. So he's an athletic guy for sure. And and it, it, sometimes that human element comes into play. I remember Cato uh, made the roster a couple of years ago to, to start out the season. He didn't get into a ton of action, <laughs> but he was, a, 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 or was that last season? I think it was last season. It was actually last uh, season. Uh, yeah. know, no, it, was. it was, it just, it feels like forever ago. Uh, he, you know, he was one of those guys that, uh, a lot of people were looking at because they weren't sure how he's going to fit on the team. And obviously he, he didn't end up fitting on the team, but making the roster, uh, really is the first step. Uh, you, you might end up playing for a different team uh, a few weeks later or, you know, down the road, but you're showing other teams that you're good enough. And that's, yeah, that's big. <laughs> I think the catch with those two guys, though, is the Blue Jays can't afford to lose them because their outfield depth is a little after those two, it falls off a bit. So they're going to have to find it. Well, Luke's is on the 40 man roster, so he'll probably be fine. I don't know how many options he has left, but to that point, I would think they're going to find a place to put Bernard on this roster and keep him there. So (laughs) we'll see what happens, but it could look very similar to Katoa last year because they, that's what they did. They were like, you know what? We're going to make a roster spot for him and see what he's made of. And they brought him up with the big club. So, you know, they have a, they have a history of, of inviting these non-roster invitees that end up making the team, Eric Sogard, um, AJ Cole. Um, so I wouldn't be completely stunned if, 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 you know, he, he does end up making the roster or, or one of these guys that, you know, isn't necessarily a big, a big name. Funny you bring Sogard up. He's still the owner, the catalyst to the only walk up I've ever seen. <laughs> so I was at the Vladdy Mania night where freaking uh, Brandon Drury hits the walk off game winning home run after Vladdy hits the single. But earlier in that game, Sogard hit like one of his two career home runs to tie the game up. <laughs> and so nerd just power. saying, <laughs> nerd power. <laughs> so nerd power. So as I, I adjust my specs, <laughs> yeah, he only could have hated it so much. I think that's still his Twitter handle to this day. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> he was so good. To get known. Okay, sure. Half a season. <laughs> yeah, it was that, that was a moniker that stuck in Oakland. <laughs> what he was doing his you know main parts of his career, and apparently it's just going to be with him now forever. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so that's the outfield picture. The last big main spot is there is crazy depth in the bullpen. I don't think we need to really talk that to it ends, but the fifth starter spot is still open for this team. And it's a collection of Mitch white. Like I mentioned earlier, Teedman, 
and a few other guys. We don't have the Anthony K's or anything like this on the roster anymore, as much as he's a friend of the show. And I didn't want to be that guy and say it, <laughs> but he's not here anymore. Um, so the fifth spot's got some potential. And to Ken's point, we might even get the injection of getting a possibly healthy Hyunjin Ryu back at some point this season. But does somebody in this picture run away with that fifth starter job for you guys in the meantime, or maybe to the point where we just, okay, Ryu's fluff. Great. <laughs> Put him in the bullpen. <laughs> so um, Jason, I can see the wheels turning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, he's a, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, you know, a discussion the whole way around. Like, I mean, um, I wasn't a massive fan of that trade to be uh, signing to begin with. Was it, did we trade for Ryu or did we, did we, no, we actually signed him? He's one of the bigger contracts signing, right, right before we had right. Springer. Yep. And as my, one of my sons is a big Dodgers fan. And, and I mean, he was always a good pitcher, but I don't know what about him. I just didn't, I, I just wasn't vibing with me. I, I, I never was, <laughs> was caught behind him. I didn't mind, you know, him and Quig, uh, Yasiel Puig beating each other up in the, in the dugout and, and, you know, that sort of fun side of him. But it seemed like after the two injuries, the fun was gone and he's just now, you know, he's just dragging himself out to the field to do, you know, to, to fulfill his obligation. So I mean, my hope is that he can come back and, and at least, sir, you know, be, be helpful for a couple of months. I mean, he could pitch out of the bullpen for sure. I mean, you know, they all should be flexible enough to do that. Um, you'd probably want him in early relief, I would think. You know, he <clears throat> needs to get to the snack bar before it closes. But uh, otherwise, um, you know, he could be a very effective guy if healthy and wants to play. I mean, that's always been the knock on him that I could see was he just, he doesn't look like he gives a crap. Like, it's just like, whatever, <laughs> I'm here, you know, get me some maybe seeds. That's just, like, yeah, maybe that's just his mellow. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm all wrong. Musa. <laughs> so it's nice filth, right? If you get, get him back healthy and it's another major league veteran guy that helped you down the stretch. And I think that's where you got to take that with a grain of salt to that. But Graham going toward the guys that are going to be coming and we're really going to be looking at this spring. It is the, we're literally having the Nate Pearson conversation again. We're having the oh, Mitch gosh. White conversation. We're having all these pieces that are really not as well rounded out as we would like. And we kind of got spoiled yeah. the last, you know, I'd say last few good years of teams period with having really kind of defined all the way out through five. Because if, if you look at the way this team last year even was constructed, Ross Stripling was supposed to be the dancing on the fifth, sixth guy. Yeah. And that would have worked out perfectly well, but we need to move him up to the fourth and third spot. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he's out the door now. Um, you know, Ryu, uh, he, he just <laughs> hasn't been the same pitcher as, as he was with the Dodgers ERA a little over four. Um, I was impressed with his attitude when he, when he first got here, the, the hello, bonjour. Uh, you could, you could tell he uh, practiced that, you know, probably about a hundred times in, in the mirror. It was really cute. Um, no. I, I don't really question his desire and I, I'm not also that worried about him uh, because we're, we're only on the hook for one more year. Uh, if he could help us in the latter, say two, three months of the season, I think that's gravy. That's like a cherry no. on top. That's a bonus. I'm more concerned with the guys we have style. in house. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because Kikuchi, uh, we're on the hook for two more years of him. And he just, it got to the point where we just couldn't keep putting him out there because he, could, he couldn't even get out of the third inning. Just so inconsistent, exactly. Uh, up and down. And, and it was a tough watch. Um, Mitch White, I, I had high hopes for. He made some really good starts for the Dodgers. And that is not an easy uh, rotation to crack. You know, we were talking about how hard it is to make the majors. He had some really good moments for the Dodgers earlier in the season. So I was kind of higher on him than than a lot of people. But, yeah, he wasn't much better. He might have even been worse. So um, it's tough. I, I'd be surprised if they didn't bring in a veteran like a like a Wade Miley or something like that, just to battle for position, uh, do a little bit of pushing to those guys, see if they can get the best out of the the players that they have in-house. Because right now, it's, it's not a pretty pitcher. Um, one through four, or at least one through three, looks pretty good. But after that, it's it's pretty murky waters for sure. Yeah. 
And when we're literally talking about doing the Java Chamberlain thing again with Nate and Pearson, it just scares me even more. Where okay, maybe he's a starter again. Maybe he's a bullpen arm. Maybe he's a starter again. Maybe it's just it's going to break him. And he, we haven't even got the chance to not see him broken yet. <laughs> so, and I've seen him at the minor league level, and he's ungodly insane to watch. And I'm selfishly wanting to see that translate. Haven't even got a glimpse of this yet. So other other than two innings in the playoffs <laughs> in a year, we weren't supposed to be there oh, down yeah. in Tropicana field. <laughs> so yeah. that's Is the best we see amongst the bullpen. You guys, I think would crack, actually crack that uh, fifth position. Kikuchi comes to spring and wants to run with this guy. Got Biggio again. I knew it. It's Biggio. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Biggio, but yeah, Jason beat me to it. Tom Brady. Um, He's Brady. not doing anything now. Maybe we can, we yes. can get him. Maybe we can but get yes. his rights from the Expos. Yeah. There you go. It's, <laughs> yeah. only still about four, it's only about 25 years too late, right? Yeah. <laughs> Carry the three. We're all good. It's all good. Moving around. The veteran presence, guys. Do you think Drew Hutchinson could actually do anything, or you think he's strictly going to be like a middle reliever kind of guy? I don't even that's know if he a, makes the team. But that's not a bad one. I think it's, 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 I kind of forgot it that they signed him, but I think he's another <laughs> valuable guy to have uh, in camp. You never know. Uh, you know, he wants to try to uh, make things right again with his old team. Um, he, he's had a hand, you know, some decent um, starts definitely with Detroit. And, you know, he was pretty good. Uh, I know it's going back quite a few years with Toronto, but um, yeah, he's a possibility. Was his best sure. season. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, he, he's got a shot. If someone can pitch well and and show the pitching staff, uh, Pete Walker, you know, that they can be an option, they're going to get a shot at it for sure. So I wouldn't really rule anything out at this point. There's open spots right now. He was on a minor league deal, correct? Hutchinson? Because I'm not seeing him on the roster. Yeah. Well, I believe it's a minor league chart. They say he's there. So I was like, okay. Uh, Okay. He's not on the training camp. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So he's in that, yeah. you know, the 60 that we were yelled at that it's only 60. <laughs> so, um, honestly, out of those guys, that's a, that's a nice sneaky pick, but, um, I honestly wondering how much, uh, you say Kikuchi when it maybe went into this off season and go, wow, I really need to get my shit together. <laughs> you know, maybe just like Jose Rios did. And we know Barrios has been really crushing his training with this off season. Um, there's been multiple tweets about it from many various players and other uh, writers and whatnot. Um, maybe Kikuchi's in that same boat that this has put our per shut up because this would be his second year of the deal that he needs to show what he can do. And is he just a lefty in the bullpen or is he a starter? I think he wants to start and he's going to come into spring and want to just impress. I just hope it's not that he's pressing to get that impression on people. And he actually has put the work in to earn that possible shot. But to that point, he's always had the stuff can't find the damn plate. So maybe he finally shows up being able to locate and run with it. Oh, fingers crossed. I mean, we do need yeah. some lefties there, right? Because we have a bunch of, just like the bullpen, it's like 90% righties. So yeah, it's nice to have a few, a little bit of flexibility that uh, having Ryu there, having Gokuchi, if he can find the mark, and maybe one more in the bell in the bullpen would probably just really give hitters a lot more challenges, especially when, they, especially when they're pitching, uh, sorry, when they're batting against the Jays. Yeah. My worry with the other person that was in this conversation would be Mitch White. I'd make the argument that him and Drew Hutchinson are the same guy, just different ages. <laughs> you know what I mean? On paper, it's yeah, kind of a toss-up because to what Graham had mentioned, Drew Hutchinson's had a good couple of years with the Tigers now and was a quote-unquote salvageable major league starter. I emphasis on salvageable. <laughs> but really, that's what a fifth starter is. You just need somebody to chew up hundred something innings a year and be a little bit consistent and be good enough. Maybe <laughs> that's the good enough guy. I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, yeah. I, he, Hutchinson had a great year in 2015. If we can get the 2015 Hutchinson 13 and five record, yeah. I mean, you know, that'd be great. I don't know if it'll yeah. happen, but maybe <laughs> just I'm more to be this optimist. year, the, 
just to be this guy, there was plenty of years there where the Blue Jays were at 85, just missing 90 win team in the Angry Bird era there where Josh Towers and Casey Jansen were our fifth starters. Brett Cecil, <laughs> you know, guys that all ended up in the bullpen or not mounting to much further than that. <laughs> so, just, oh, even better one. I got a better pull. I got a better name drop for you. Gustavo Chassin. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did it. You guys are I got my obscure <laughs> not for the night. <laughs> real quickly, I, I kind of think with Kikuchi that the real battle that's going on within him is is the, the neck up. You know, I kind of think it's a mental thing with him where you know he doesn't trust his fastball or he he's thrown too many breaking balls, and you could just see Pete Walker just losing his mind in the dugout. Like just throw more fastballs, you've got good stuff. And it seemed like it was a confidence thing or something. I think if he could really connect with a, I'm serious here, like a good sports psychologist, get his stuff together. He could still be an effective pitcher. It's not too late. Or if he can match up well with, with uh, Danny Jansen or with, with, uh, with Kirk. I mean, that's, that's 95% of it is trusting your catcher and trusting the fact that they're telling you to throw fast fastball again. It's coming Mm -hmm. from the dugout, but it's coming from them. And as yeah. soon as you start to trust that guy and start to, to, to throw pitches where he's telling you to throw pitches, the, the position becomes much easier. The stress comes off. Um, and you know, it, I, I know in some cases when there's language barriers and stuff like that, it gets harder, but I mean, you know, baseball, it, it comes down to the the fundamentals when it comes to this and just trusting the fact that you got there for a reason you know, you, you've got right. good stuff. You've got a good arm, just trust it, be deceptive, try and, Try and, and, you know, try and fool some guys and get your confidence up. Yeah. You, so. you know, that's funny. You mentioned that Jason real quickly, <laughs> the catcher I saw Kikuchi connect with the most last year. And this is really random is Tyler Heineman. He pitched a game and Heineman was the catcher and he kept telling him you throw that fastball. And he was really, uh, demonstrative with him and Kikuchi probably had his best start. Now I know Heineman's long gone. I think he went to Pittsburgh. He he actually had some decent moments. Um, and you know, I know he's a third string catcher. I'm not trying to say bring back Tyler Heineman. I know I probably sound insane, but he's the guy I saw really connect <laughs> with him. If he could forge that kind of relationship with a Danny Jansen or an Alejandro Kirk or God forbid anyone else, um, that could be a real key building block to, you know, boosting up his confidence for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned the catching thing. We have a little bit more consistency this season in the catching ballpark with it, knowing that it's going to be Kirk and Jansen. There was that wild card of having a third guy in that conversation. And then the the Heinemans and then the um, Collins, <laughs> there was a lot of catchers going like this last season, just to keep Kirk's bat in the lineup. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was really what it was for yeah. a bit there. Um, so maybe there's something that come this spring, he actually can focus with one of those guys. And sometimes if that's the difference that uh, usually it's not always the best pitcher in your rotation that has the personal catcher. It's not the Roy holiday or somebody like that. It might be one of these guys that brings out the best in that pitcher. And it maybe it is somebody like Mitch white Hutchinson or Kikuchi who knows. Yeah. So yeah. When in doubt, they can always bring back Pat Porters. There it is. <laughs> so, or, or, or my, my personal thing, my, just be another, another, another obscure name. Bring back Ken Huckabee. <laughs> so, so, um, I we're running long, so I don't want to run this too long. And I want to make sure I give Graham his uh, fun, wonderful time here to shameless self promote his Jays journal fun. Um, but there was some other blue Jays news. And I'm just going to be this guy and share batting stance guy, Jesse Barfield, Canadian baseball hall of fame. Woo. (laughs) And if you go watch this guy on Twitter, he's hilarious. The batting stance guy just goofs around, does stupid knockoffs of everybody's batting (laughs) stances. It's a fun watch. I saw him wearing the old blue Jay blue uh, pullover Jersey. And I'm like, I got to just share this with the blue Jays nation. If they haven't done this already, congratulations. Congratulations to Jesse Barfield on joining his fellow outfield brethren in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame with Lloyd Congratulations. Mosby and former MVP George Bell. Yep. So that was well. That, that was when I lived in Ontario. So that was the those were the three guys that I watched in the outfield out there. And I don't know why I always felt a, a you know sort of a, a draw to Jesse Barfield, but uh, 
I wear number 29 when I play baseball. And I, I feel like, you know, there's a couple of guys that force that, but Barfield was certainly one of them. I sat in the home run mm-hmm. seats all the time and um, stared at the back of that 29 and watched him bash balls and catch balls. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so congratulations to him and those other guys. Yeah. So outside of that, Graham, this is your shameless self-promoting plug. Tell a Blue Jays Nation where they can find your work and discuss anything about yourself you would like to for your you know, few seconds of glory here. Oh, thanks, Greg. Yeah, you can find my articles on jaysjournal.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bus Wallace. Uh, I actually wrote something on there today about uh, progression or regression, looking at some players that might uh, go up or down as far as their numbers are concerned uh, based on, on kind of what they did last year and the expectation Uh amongst the fan base and, and, and the team and stuff like that. So I had fun putting that together. Uh, we've been working on some all-time numbers, things like that off season stuff. You got to kind of get creative. So those have been a lot of fun to put together. Actually, Jesse Barfield, very close to making number best number 29 of all time, but Joe Carter kind of got the tiebreaker there, the whole home run to yeah. win the world yeah, series. Kind of gave him the edge there. One of two in yeah. major league history, walk off world series home runs. You know, it's kind of hard to beat as much as I love Jesse Barfield. <laughs> so yeah, he had a great career. Yes, he did. Um, Graham, tell him where you can find you on Twitter and whatnot too. Oh yeah. Figure so at Bus Wallace, uh, I think I did say that. Yeah. And uh, Jay's journal okay. have uh, articles coming out um, pretty frequently. So uh, we got good a deal. really good team of writers. So check out all the articles there. Awesome. And we'll make sure we put you on the uh, Twitter stuff when we submit the articles and every or in the uh, videos and whatnot for this evening, too. So uh, outside of that, we're going to do our two claps and a Ric Flair here very shortly. But Blue Jays fans, make sure you join us here every week. Thank you very much for chiming in this evening, everybody. It was a lot of Jays Journal guys that are hanging out in the chat window as we speak, along with some fans, too. So thank you very much for chiming in this evening and getting your two cents in. Uh, Blue Jays fans, we record live every week. We are targeting Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock Eastern time. So make sure you join us. And your Vancouver native here, Jason Lyons, is way here too early at 4 (laughs) o'clock. But we are very thankful to have him on the team here. And if you miss our live shows, just make sure you join us on the podcast and listen in. We are wherever you can get your podcasting pleasures for. We are the Blue Jays Barroom Chat. So make sure you join us here on Jaybird Watching, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, part of Fansided. So, fellas, let's do the two claps and a Ric Flair and get the heck out of here until next spring. No, uh, the spring game start. One, two, three. Let's go, Kenabigio. Kenabigio. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch at BirdWatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays go. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.